Anybody excited to be in the house of the Lord this afternoon? Do me a favor, look at somebody next to you and tell them I'm expecting God to do big things in your life. Look at somebody on the other side, fake it until you make it and you might not even know them. Tell them, I'm believing God to do big things in your life. Find you somebody else behind you, around you somewhere and tell them, I'm believing God to do big things in your life. Now, if you think big things are coming, I want you to make some noise in the house. I said, make some noise in the house like you love Jesus. Come on, give them praise like you're expecting your miracle, like you're expecting your breakthrough, like you're expecting your healing, like you're expecting your next level. Praise them like it's already in your hand. Praise them like you already got it. Let everything that happened open your mouth and praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You may be seated. Uh, the spirit of praise is in the room. Uh, David uh, said, you know, he commanded his soul to praise the Lord. When I walked in, uh, uh, I could feel the liberty and the freedom in the room. Anybody else? And uh, I was trying to contain myself so I didn't run over nobody. But, but I'm telling you, it's the kind of stuff today, when I grew up in, uh, Pastor Julian, and they said, if I just think of the goodness of Jesus. When I begin to think, I don't know about you, lazy self, but, but when, I, when, I, when I begin to think of his goodness, automatically a praise just comes up out of me. And maybe, maybe you don't have a lot to be thankful for, but I've been through all kinds of stuff in my life, and, and where God brought me from to bring me to this place right now, old folks should just say, I can't help but praise Anybody in the building that's thankful for what the Lord has done, why don't you just real quick swing your head back and high, hallelujah! Amen. Luke, the 15th chapter. Luke chapter 15 is where we're going. Uh, verse 11. Happy to be in the house of the Lord. This is service number two for me. I just came from another church preaching. Um, rushing to get over here to you. Um, and I'm just excited to be among the believers. Anybody else that way? I'm just excited to be here at the place called Grace. Didn't our apostle Dr. Jaquette do an amazing job the last two weeks? Wow. Just phenomenal. And um, last week as I was traveling, I was doing my best to watch online, but the Wi-Fi on the plane would not work. I was very pissed off, if I could be honest. Yeah, I said it. And um, that I could not watch uh, what was happening here, but the stuff I caught afterwards, the presence of God was surely in this place. 
and I'm thankful to be able to do this, um, have to not have to do it by myself, but to get to do it with this woman of God makes life so much better. Luke chapter number 15, verse 11 is where we're going to be parking. We're going to be in Luke 11 for the next uh, few weeks. So we, we start this new series entitled The Return. And uh, I want to uh, give kudos to our creative team that's doing such an amazing job. Don't want you to miss this. Every single week, you'll see another part of the story through this short film that they have created um, that is absolutely tremendous. Uh, I think we have some of the most anointed people who use their creativity for God. All nations, you can do better than that. Let's thank God for the creatives of All Nations Worship Assembly San Bernardino. They are tremendous. We honor them. 15, 11, I'm, on, I'm getting there. Um, I want to really quickly thank God for Kristen, Angie, Amaker, back from their honeymoon. Stand up, y'all. They got married a couple of weekends ago. I mean, look at them, happy. You look rested, man of God. Luke 15, amen. Verse 11, ain't nothing wrong. What a little, I'm just playing. Let me preach this message. Luke 15, verse 11. <laughs> the Bible says, then he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. That's important. You see that one acts, both God divided to them his livelihood and not many days after the younger son gathered all together and journeyed to a far country i want to minister a message this afternoon entitled secure the bag secure the bag thank you gentlemen uh, uh this 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 parable here um in luke chapter 15 um opens up an opportunity for revelation Every time you see a parable, Jesus is giving you an opportunity to unpack truths locked inside of a story. Um, Jesus was the best storyteller that ever existed. But anytime he ever shared a story, it was to take you to the next level. Uh, Luke 15, um, in verse 11, is actually the third of three stories told in Luke 15. And you cannot just extract this parable alone and capture all that God was saying in Luke 15. You've got to go to Luke 15, verse 1. So let's travel there. Luke 15, verse 1 is going to begin to lay a, a foundation. I'm, I'm going to just do my best to hold myself. I've been instructed by both my wife and my pastor to not preach this whole series in one message. Um, and as difficult as it's going to be for me to... Uh, to accomplish that, I'm going to give you a piece today, amen, just a piece here. And in Luke 15, 1, the Bible says, Then all the tax collectors and sinners drew near to him to hear him. Oh, that's powerful. And some of you don't even understand how powerful it was or is. That the sinners or the people who are actually ostracized, pushed away, 
were the people that were drawing near to him. Uh, the scripture said like this, if I be lifted up, watch this, I'll draw all men unto me. I have a question for you. Why in many churches of America we don't see many people getting saved? Could it be that we have gone to building up our own brands and ideas and ways of doing things? Could it be that church and for some places have become about the sound of the music alone and by uh, 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 the opportunities we have to be on stages and we've missed out on glorifying Jesus? I believe that we're coming into a time now where God is going to make sure that he gets the glory. Did you hear what I said? I said he's going to make sure he gets the glory and he's looking for people that want to put Jesus back center stage. Hello? It is time for the preacher to get behind the cross. Did you hear what I said to you? I believe there's preachers that have been in front of the cross like they're the Savior. I only got a couple of amens. I believe there's worship leaders that's been that way. I believe some saints have been that way, that they've been in front of the cross. But God said, I wish some people would just want to be hidden behind the cross so that Jesus can get the glory out of your life. Sinners were drawn to him. Tax collectors were drawn to him. In verse 2 said, and the Pharisees and the scribes complain sounds like religious church people complaining oftentimes the people who complain the loudest are the people that sow the least I'm not just talking money I'm talking about time effort and everything else the people that complain the loudest where my amen corner at find me find one uh, are usually the people that give, sow, and care, really the least, but just like hearing their self make noise. Pharisees and the scribes came to Jesus and said to him, they said, this man receives sinners and eats with them. This man receives sinners and eats with them. It was a complaint, but here's the killer. It's still a complaint of church people. Religious folks, this is really important for you to get this because if you don't understand this you're not gonna get the context of Luke chapter 15 verse 11 is that religious folks oftentimes do not want to invite the people that need what we have we, we like to hang around other believers and for many people it has become a disgrace if someone sees you hanging around folks that don't act or look like we do this is why people have acted all kinds of crazy. Why? Because these preachers sat down with President Trump at his table. I'm confused. Finally confused. I don't care about your opinion about his policy. Stick it. I do not care anything about what you have to say about his decisions. I don't care what party you are part of. I don't care about anything like that. But I told you some time ago that God was said that he was going to call for the kings to start calling for the men of God. I also told you before President Trump got into office that this would be the, the time and the tenure that we would see men of God in the White House like we've never seen before. I also told you that there was going to be the greatest door to the prophetic voices to have the opportunity to come than any other presidency that ever came. And now that men of God are sitting at the table with the president that some of you don't like, you got a problem. But what you don't understand is that we are called to come to the table what the y'all silent in here i'm not caring about your trump hating demon you got i need you to understand that we are called to sit at the table with the people that folks can't stand quote me if jesus was alive i believe you would have been right at the table too 
if it never goes in dark areas with your bougie self. Acting like sinners got the cooties. What is wrong with you? God is raising up a, a, a champion uh, type people who are willing to go into the places where the sinners are. Uh, because we know, but, 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 but the grace of God. There go I, you know. Some of us forget you are five seconds out the crack house. And you acting like you're quiet in here. Acting like you don't remember where you came from. Huh? You are two seconds from your hands out to drawers. And you are acting like you don't understand. When you look at your neighbor say, act like you know where you came from. You belong at the table. So, Jesus in response to these idiots starts telling some stories. First story, and I encourage you to study for yourself, he talks about the story of the lost sheep. You see that in Luke 15, verse 3 through 7. In order for you to grab the whole context of what God is saying here in this story, you've got to read all of it. Because somebody say, get it all. The story of the, of the lost sheep. And in the story of the lost sheep, we see the sheep that goes straight. Shepherd leaves the 99, goes for the one. Showing how important it is that don't matter where you fall astray to, that the shepherd's heart is to come and get the lost sheep. Secondarily, we see the story of the lost coin. Woman loses precious coin, and she gets up and works with all of her effort to find the coin that was lost. Again, showing that the thing that is precious, the thing that's important to him, even though it's lost, willingness to go after it. Now we're looking at the lost son. Interesting thing about the lost son, you don't see the father go after him. Hmm. Everybody else went and got the sheep, went and got the coin. But sons are considered to have enough sense to eventually come to themselves and return. I want you to read the scripture because everybody likes to say, especially when they're dealing with spiritual leadership, they always say they love the 99. Like, you ain't, you ain't no real shepherd. You're not going to go after them. They, they went away. They went, you're the 99. But, but did you understand the, uh, the revelation here with the son? The father actually waited for the son to come to himself and make his return. Just free. Luke 15 and verse 11, we see three characters there. Three characters there. It's obvious, but write them down for me. It, we see a man and his two sons. Man and his two sons. The interesting thing about this is that it's a very common occurrence for a man to have two sons. Come on, that's just, you know, uh, men, women get together and we have children. Nothing special there, a man with two sons. But what was different about the father in this circumstance is that the father was a very wealthy man a very wealthy man this man worked his whole life not just for his life but for the life of his sons 
-hmm. principle right there already that that if you want to live the way that God wants you to live the Bible says that a good father a good father hit your neighbor who already looks bored and say a good one a good father leaves an inheritance for his children children children's children uh, so this man was a good father he worked his entire life to make sure that his children would not have to live just based upon their own efforts did you hear what I said to you that's the power of inheritance is that inheritance brings you to the place where you already have a base yeah, that, that I don't have to work all my efforts in order to get what I need. But when one generation pours into the next generation, I've already got a strong cushion. I've already got a strong foundation on which I am to build because my father took care of me and did the appropriate things to make sure I had an inheritance. Fathers was very different than in our culture. Fathers were highly esteemed. I said it. Fathers were highly esteemed in this culture. They were honored. Fathers were a big deal. But then we, we, we deal with the father, but not only the father, we got two sons here. And according to the scriptures, we see one is the older son, and then one is the younger son. The younger son represents an individual with a temperament that is eager for independence, self-asserting, and zealous. Uh, wanting stuff out of its timing. Wanting stuff before the appropriate moment. Uh, I don't want to jump too far into this, but come on, don't fake like some of you don't understand. Uh, when God begins to say, I have this for a set time, we look at God and say, no, I want it now. God says, I'm going to give you this then. And you begin to tell God, no, I want it in my hand right now. The younger son, verse 12 says, comes to the father and says some interesting words. He said, Father, give me. Give me the portion of the goods that fall into me. To ask for his inheritance early is almost saying, you know what, Dad? I think I would rather have the money than you. You're worth more to me dead than alive. Oh, my. What are you talking about, Apostle? Well, I want to relate it to your spiritual walk with God because I know you want to call this the son of the prodigal son. I get it. I understand that. But oftentimes when you begin to think from the concept of the prodigal son, we just think of sinners. But I need you to think about yourself. Yeah, you and your saved self. You hear me? I said you and your saved self. I want you to think about how much stuff that God is saying I have for you. And you saying, God, I hear you. I, 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 hear, I hear you want me to spend more time with you. I understand you want me to worship and fast. I understand you want me to study your word, but guess what, God? Can I have my stuff? I prefer my stuff more than I want you. A matter of fact, I'm more focused on my stuff. My energy goes towards my stuff. I work hard for stuff, and God wants to translate us and move us into the place where we want him more than we want the things that he can provide. 
that we want him more than the things that can come from his hand that we want him more than the stuff that is going to pass away eventually you've got to desire the father more than you desire what it is he can give to you look at somebody behind you say he's talking to you I wish you were dead that's what he's saying I wish you would just die so I could have my portion so I could have my stuff the idea of this thing is is, is, is impatience and, and having the desire to move ahead of God's timing people will put you in a place if you allow them and you'll do it for yourself where you start reaching for stuff that don't belong in your today. Stuff that is supposed to be secured for your future. You start pulling into your today when it was set for your tomorrow. Okay. I'm the kind of individual that when I get a gift, I like to open it immediately. Are y'all in here today? Anybody else is like that? I mean, I will probably wear it in the next 24 hours. I mean, it's... It's, it's a problem. I've been passing it on to my 11-year-old. He got the same demon. I mean, it's just, it's like you, if you have it, you got to wait. Like, it can't be up in the closet. We, I just, I got to do something with it. You understand? But what I have learned over the years, uh, that that is a sign of my impatience. It is a sign that I can't just walk in the timing and wait for the appropriate moment to do what needs to be done. But I have this idea that I got to have it now, that I got to have it now, that I got to have it now. And if you're not careful, you'll get into circles that try to make you have now what is set for later. This is what the enemy wants you to do. I hope you're taking notes today. Forfeit your inheritance. He wants you to forfeit the bad. God has set up for you an inheritance that's beyond anything you could imagine. And it has a timing connected to it. But instead of allowing God to do what he does, here it is, we think we're smarter than him. <laughs> we think that we are smarter than God. We think we know what we need when we need it. And truth be told, the majority of us don't pray a lick. So we do not have the ability to discern the times and seasons. So what we end up doing is stepping into stuff out of its time. Some of us, the reason why dreams failed, because it was out of sync. The reason why, the reason why certain things didn't work, because we were grabbing for the bag before it was time for you to get it. The reason why you did not go into the place, and some of you, huh, come on, some of you, you married out of sync, and you paying for it now. Y'all ain't said nothing up in here. Ah. Y'all quiet in here. Yeah, you know it's the truth. I know he's sitting next to you. She's sitting next to you. You can't say amen. It's all right. But some of you, you married right out of sync, and therefore, you got to pay for it. Hello? Because you wanted a warm body. You didn't want what God wanted for you.
He says, give me my portion. Somebody say, my portion. According to Jewish law, in the case of the two sons, the elder son would get two-thirds and the younger son would get one-third uh, of movable property. But the idea was this, is that it was supposed to be given, duh, at the father's death. At the father's death. The goods that were given to him were property that he could literally take, Sherman, don't get ahead of yourself, and to cash it in and to be able to make sure that he was able to use it now, it was movable property. Somebody said movable property. The father loved his son so much that he agreed to share with him his inheritance. Please look at, if you will, the generosity of this father. But I believe that the father allowed for the son to have his inheritance so that the son could learn the lesson that he needed to learn and the truth that he needed to gain. This was obviously not an irresponsible man. This was obviously not a man who had a problem with making sure that he planned things out. And this man says, I'll give it to you. I'm going to give you this inheritance. Translation, many of things are happening in your life. God allowed you to step into it, even though it was not a good idea. So that you can learn the lesson that you need to learn. He, he allows you to go ahead and grab what, 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 was it, what was it for his time. He gave you the space to do it because at the end of the day, he needs you to be an educated son or daughter. Are you in here today? He, he needs you to be able to have the knowledge that life demands so you can actually be successful at doing life. Imagine that. That you can actually become who he wants you to become. He had to allow you to do some things. But the younger son was selfish. How many selfish people you know? Wave at me. Uh, you know some selfish people. How, some of you didn't really understand my question. You thought oh, I was asking if you're selfish. Some of you might as well keep your hand raised. It is important that you realize that selfish people are not aligned with the kingdom. The kingdom is a selfless kingdom in the land of America, home of the free, where we decide that we want everything, we want everything for ourselves. Say man like you know it's the truth in America. If things are not comfortable, we are upset. If things are not aligning with our preference, we are upset. But here we see that this son, his selfishness got him in a difficult place because he did not come into alignment with what God had to say about it. Please look at somebody behind you and say, please get rid of that selfishness. He wanted the freedom that money could bring. And he believed that being free from his father's presence would make him happy. What he was seeking was a place where accountability was not. He was seeking for a place that was void of accountability. 
Wherever there's a lack of fathers walking with sons, there is always the lack of accountability. Whenever there is lack of leadership in the lives of people, that means I can run when I want to run, go where I want to go, do what I want to do, be who I want to be, and nobody says anything to me about it. I don't want to hear your mouth. I don't want you in my business. I don't want you saying nothing to me because what I'm trying to communicate to you is that I don't like accountability. My wife teaches that accountability gives someone of leadership upon your life the opportunity to give account for you. Account for you. Account for what's going on in your life. Account for, for what's happening with you. And a lot of us, we like church. We like hanging out with people. I don't mind a song or two. Give me a good prophecy. But miss me with that accountability stuff. <laughs> I heard it again. I will. Somebody said that right here. I will. I heard it this week. Somebody said, they called me to find out where I was. So you want to go to a place where nobody cares about you. You could have stayed at where you came from for that. But if you're going to come over here with this A-N, then you might as well receive all that's available that somebody cares enough, happy when, when they saw me, they was like, oh my God. I was only gone one week. You don't want nobody to be happy that they see you on Sunday. Y'all quiet in here. It's because we don't desire accountability. And you let the world teach you that somebody asking you something is a sign of being in your business or not caring. Actually, accountability is a sign of somebody caring about you. And if they ask you no, you're like, I, was, I had something to do. And they, they ask you, what was your something? Well, I mean, they was all in my business asking me what my something was. I'm a grown man or woman. Obviously not, because you don't like accountability. For grown folks over here, we actually like accountability. And accountability is what took us to our next level. Being accountable is what got us into doors. Being accountable is what took us to where God wanted us to be. So stay there sitting up in the corner with your attitude because you'll be like the younger son who, who listen forfeited his bag because he desired to not have accountability the idea Mr. Green would you come I want you to help me today uh, the idea of the son was that come on up here sir you just stand at the end of that stage idea of the son was to get his way away as far from the father as possible to move as far away as he possibly could the father has cared for him his entire life and not only cared for him but has set up his next level but the selfishness in his heart and his desire for give it to me now 
and his refusal to wait pushed him to move as far away from the father as he could. Here's the father willing to still take care of him and to still serve him in his living and be willing to leave something for him when he dies. And what does he do? He says, I don't want you or what you give. Or I want what you give and I don't want you. I don't want, I don't want anything you have available to me. Give me my inheritance now. Give me my inheritance now. Can I ask you a question real quick? How impatient are you? How impatient are you? How in the world do I get my timing to know when it is that I'm supposed to receive what I'm supposed to receive? It is going to demand for me to have a tight relate. This is about to say tight, 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 tight. A tight relationship with God. Here is the father. And the son's like, I'm not interested. Everything you represent, everything you are, care, love, concern, I don't want it. I want to get as far away from you as possible. What you represent, legacy, I don't want it. What you represent, covering, I don't want it. When I make a decision that I want my own timing, it is the refusal of what covering and what fatherhood presents for us. God is like, hey, I want to get this for you. I got a big plan for you. I know better. I know a guy with a hookup. Y'all know in Southern California, everybody want to hook up. It's like, I know a guy. Everybody, you can tell somebody, you know what, I need to go get some, I know a guy. I was looking for some new jeans. I know a guy. Everybody knows a guy. And we feel like that type of mentality of I'll find my own way is better than staying near to the man who has what we need right now. When you think of a father, you got to think wisdom. You got to think wisdom. And wisdom provides for us something that we don't have to live out ourselves. For the father, the idea is, I walk through it so you don't have to. Y'all don't want this good teacher in here today. I went through it so you don't have to. So through the power of wisdom and through the wonderful ministry of fathers, what we gain is knowledge that we did not have to pay a price for. Wisdom that we didn't do nothing for. And he begins to walk us in and walk us through a thing. And, the, and he begins to say, hey, you know what? This is not the way you want to go. This is not the thing that you want to do. But we feel like we have to obtain this idea of walking out whatever we want to walk out because we think that sonship is only found in little children. But you and your grown behind needs to become a righteous son. Now I hear them crickets talking real good and saying amen to me in here. The, you you got to become the righteous son. You got to become the son that says, you know what? No, 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 no. I hear that devil trying to pull me and make me drop my bag, but I'm securing the bag. I'm securing the bag. How do I secure in the bag? I stay in position and I 
don't move no matter what hell tries to tell me. Sherman, you preacher. Thank you, Sherman. It is important that you understand that you've got to get into the place and say, I want what God wants for me. And it make, make you feel a little irritated. I might desire it now. See, I'm telling you, you stepping out before time will end up giving you some man, some woman, some business that will be less than what God had available for you. Y'all ain't saying nothing in here. Why you want that knucklehead boy that ain't got a car and don't got a job thinking lowly of yourself? Why you want that girl that can barely comb her hair and press her teeth and you sitting somewhere wanting to connect with her? Why are you pushing for that business and you haven't even learned the power of a budget yet? God is saying son stay up under my covering remain where you need to remain but the son is like nope I prefer my bag now think about it what bag have you preferred over him Because waiting, y'all don't want this, is uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't like to wait. My name is Sherman Douglas. I was at Roscoe's last night on Pico. And, and, and I, they brought my meal out, but they didn't bring me my place setting. And uh, I was a little frustrated. Jay tell you, Dre tell you, I was frustrated. And... Um, a little angry because we asked two people to bring the place set in and it didn't come in under 120 seconds. So I became a little angry because here's my chicken and my waffles. Talk to me in here. And my side of mac and cheese. It's my first time having that. It was all right. It don't beat my wife's mac and cheese though. It was all right. Got to have Dr. Kett's mac and cheese, but, but, but I, I began to eat. I began to wait to eat, and I became angry in that moment because I don't like to wait. But what about you? For me, it was the chicken and the wings. I mean, it's wings and the and the waffles. But what have you decided? It's not worth waiting on. Because there's always another way to figure it out. There's always a shortcut. And the enemy wants you to take the shortcut versus taking the lane or the journey that God wants you to take. And he will dangle this shortcut in front of you. And he will tell you, you don't got to do all that. Why did some of you lunch out instead of going to school? And then you use excuses like, well, I mean, Diddy didn't finish college, so what do I need to fill his college? You ain't Diddy. Last time I checked, you made no albums with Biggie. Last time I checked, you, hello, you do, you not sleep whatever that girl name is that he sleep with. You, 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 you uh, uh, it's important. You ain't Diddy. So why are you trying to have Diddy life? Are you understanding this? Some of you that are in here, and I'm talking to five of you. Look at your neighbor and say, are you one of the five? You better take your behind the school. And the reason why you don't want to go to school is not because Diddy didn't. It's because you're lazy. There is the father in the distance. Saying, I'm willing to give you everything I have. 
There's the father in the distance. Said, I want to teach you. Just get some time with me. I want to give you the revelation. Take some time. There's the father in the distance. But the son says, not only do I want my bag now, not only am I going to do one of the most disrespectful things I could do and demand my inheritance now to tell my father he's worth nothing to me. Not only do I want to do that, but after I get my bag, I want to move as far away from him as possible. Disobedience and rebellion will always drive you away from the Father. Your ideas, good to see you, baby. Your ideas for doing what God called you to do above, doing it your way above his way will always drive you in the opposite direction. You will move from under the net of safety. You will move from under covering because you refuse to wait. He's trying to avert you from something. The Father can always see from a different perspective. I'm, I'm down here, but Daddy's up there. Fathers always see from an elevated perspective. Another set of experiences, another set of history with God. And so God is saying, hey, you know what? I, as your father, he is your father. He always sees from another perspective. He is on the mountain. That's why they always say ascend to the hill of the Lord. Are you understanding this? It talks about ascending to the mountain. Why? Because that's where he is. He is in the high places while we're down here trying to figure it out. And I think the man that's in the high place knows a little better than you. Hit somebody that look like they want some Roscoe's right now and tell them you got to understand he knows better. secure the bag? Pepper, you got to wait your time. How do you secure the bag? Not by taking it before you're supposed to have it. How do you secure the bag? Is that you leave this inheritance right here where it belongs. How do you secure the bag? Keep it in the hands of the Father for safekeeping until it's appropriate time. How do you secure the bag? Let the Father hold on to it until you're ready. How do you secure the bag? Get your weight on. Look at somebody around you say, get your weight on. Get your weight on. Find you a corner. Find you some shade and wait. Find you a place where you can sit down for a minute and wait. Find you a location where you can get some rest. Get your neighbor next to you and say, wait. I know you don't like that. That wasn't the words you wanted today. You wanted the word that you're going to become a millionaire. You wanted the word that you're about to come out. Nah, man. You ain't coming out. You need to stay in. You need to stay. Look at somebody say, don't come out. Stay in. You need to stay in to where you're supposed to be. And that is how you secure the bag. Are you sacrificing your future on the altar of the immediate? We're a future-focused people. We are a future-focused people. 
And I'm trying to bring you into focus for the future. And I don't want you to be dumb enough to sacrifice your future on the altar of the immediate. You must understand that you've got to wait. Somebody say, wait, baby, wait, 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 And if you wait, I promise you, he'll give it to you when you need it. If you wait, he'll pass the bag with the time that you need it. If you wait, he'll make sure it's ready and mature and you'll have more here's the thing if you get it before it's time it's not mature father wasn't dead so that means the father had more days of living to make more money when you reach for something too early it provides for you less than what it could have provided for you if you just would have let that man keep on working and building, uh, building money in his property and building his cattle, there would have been more that you could have had. But because you needed it now, you forfeited a whole level of your inheritance. Um, I, got, I got to move. My time is up. But it's what you've got to understand is that the sun, the sun went, Scripture says, and uh, he said, give me my portion. So he divided. And the younger son gathered all together. Now let me help you with this. If you look in this original language, the gathering all together in the Greek means he cast out. He cast out. He made a decision, wasn't even smart enough to keep his sick of the property and let it accrue and let it do what it needed to do. He took the different parts of it and cashed it out. Now here's the thing you gotta know. It still wasn't available to him or the people he sold it to until the father died. I want you to think about this. Somebody paid cash for something they could not have today. Why are you telling me this, Apostle? Because there are always people waiting in the shadows that's willing to pay for what you don't see is valuable. They'll get behind you and encourage you. Yeah, miss it. That's it. That's it. That's it. You know, take the bag. That's it. That's it. Take the bag. That's it. You know, leave. Why? Because they understand what you have. They understand what you have in your hand and they want it for themselves. And so they'll pay you cash for something they can't still have until the father dies. time to secure the bag. It's time to make sure that your inheritance comes on the appropriate due date. The word I want you to hear all week long is the word wait. That's, 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 the, that's the word I want you to hear all week long. When you get into prayer, I want you to hear the word wait because it's time for you to find out what's distinct understanding what is God's plan for how he wants it to be provided from you wants it to be given to you at the appropriate time I need just about five people in the room that want God's timing to just praise him real quick I, I need you to praise him real quick praise him that you got the wisdom to secure the bag praise him that he gave you the opportunity 
to give that bag to the father. Let the father keep the bag. Let him take care of it for the appropriate time. Come, praise him that he has an inheritance for you. Praise him that he has something. Secure the bag, saints. Secure the bag, saints. Secure the bag. Run to your father and find out what his plan is. Secure the bag. Everybody standing. Everybody standing. Everybody standing. Hands raised to him. Father, thank you for the understanding that all of us have the potentiality of becoming prodigals. Because of the lack of waiting on you. Every one of us have the potentiality, sinner and saved, to be the one that messes up his future, her future, for pulling the future into an immediate place beyond your plan and your will. While our hands are lifted, we thank you for grace. Grace, supernatural ability, divine ability to follow your plan, to follow your idea. We're not going to run from you. We're going to run to you. We're not going to run away from you. We're about to draw close to you. We want to know your voice. We want to know the sound of your voice. We want to know, God, how you feel and what is on your heart. Come on, take the next 60 seconds and just worship him. Come on, because that's going to be your key. You got to get to his presence. And you got to hear what he has to say about the plans and the ideas of your life. Come on, worship. Come on, worship him. Open your mouth, worship. Worship, 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 church. Come on, worship. Tell him you want him more than you want stuff. Come on, tell him. I want you more than I want anything else. You are the focus of my attention. Glory to God. I desire you more than anything. I want you, 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 I want you. I want you, I want you, I want you, I want you, I want you. I want you, I want you, I want you, I want you. I want you, I want you, I want you, I want you. Father, thank you for what you began. Hallelujah. What you're going to complete in us. In Jesus' name. I want you to stay right where you are. Maybe you're in this place.